Welcome into second down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all alongside on this Thursday afternoon. A little bit of a shortened show today as we have the first Sean Quinn show of the season coming up here uh, in about 30 minutes. So we'll catch up with the head football coach for the Savannah State Tigers. Uh, they're taking on Valdosta State coming up this weekend. So we'll dive into that. A little bit of a shortened show, uh, but want to dive into some Braves talk. And then we have, I believe, 15 FBS college football games on the docket for tonight. I know PJ's favorite team, Ohio State. <laughs> Getting ready to kick <laughs> off against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I just kind of went into a trance when you said that. <clears throat> I, never th- I never thought I'd hear those words in my life put in the same sentence. And that just did terrible things to me <laughs> and my mind. <laughs> Why would you say such a thing? It was, it was a joke. For those of you who don't know, P.J. Zuko may be the biggest Penn State fan outside of his brother. Debatable. Which one, which one of y'all is a bigger Penn State fan, P.J.? Um, it's one of those things where, like, every time I'm think, I think, like, he's a bigger fan of something, he's actually like, dude, you're, you're so much bigger of a fan than me of that thing. So, I mean, I don't – Mario, same way if, like, you're ever, if you're listening right now, <laughs> please text me and tell me that you have – whether or not you have said to PJ, you're such a bigger fan than I am. Of, of certain things. Uh, so, like, of video games and things like that. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be like, grow up, man. Yeah, you love that game, whatever. And you were like, yeah. And then he'd be like, yeah, but, like, you took it to a new level. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Like, I didn't know that. But I feel like with Penn State, it, it might be him, though, because he was able to – he was a little older when we were up there. So, like – he was able to work the parking lot for some games. He was at the 2005 Ohio State Penn State game with Tamba Ali, big upset, shaking the you know shaking Beaver Stadium, things like that. So, um, I, I would say for for Penn State, it might, it might be him. Although I was also like he was in the Navy and he was on deployment, and uh, I was also like in high school sending him like stats and stuff like that of like passing efficiency numbers and whatnot right. and he at one point he was like dude so wait you could send him stats but he couldn't look them up himself mario you gotta come so on i was man. like he, he he probably could i was just going overboard because like i don't know my older brother was on deployment and i want to make sure he knew everything so i was sending him something and, and, and he was just kind of but also just, mario you got to pick it up a little bit yeah no, no no he he was just kind of like dude i i wanted the scores <laughs> and i was like yeah, no, no, no. yeah but no but look no, you gotta no. know why so that's kind of when I was like, yeah, I should probably get in a sports media of some kind. I like this. And, that, anyway. and that's how PJ got here. Yeah, this has uh, kind of gone, yeah. Speaking of shows that are coming up later, High School First Look uh, in Brunswick and Savannah coming up a little bit later with PJ Zuko. Uh, he'll get you ready for Friday night. we have any Thursday games this week, PJ, or have those been postponed or canceled? I'll have to double check because that's, that's the problem right now is all the postponements. So my apologies, uh, but that, that's the problem is all the postponements and cancellations, which – you know, it's it's been very uh, difficult to, to kind of keep track of that. It affected, I mean, for to peek back the curtain a little bit, it affected our game last week with, with yeah. ESPN Coastal. It's a, it affected our game this week with ESPN Coastal, but uh, still going strong uh, tomorrow night with, with our game, so uh, our replacement game. So certainly uh, looking forward to that. But it's it's been an interesting time to uh, try and keep up with high school football schedules, no doubt. And we'll have that announcement coming up here uh, later this afternoon for which game we'll be heading to tomorrow night. PJ will be on the call for ESPN High School Game Day. But uh, there's some big storylines uh, that we need to dive into here today. And number one for me uh, in terms of this weekend in college football locally, 
Georgia's head trainer, Ron Corson, has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, we don't know to the extent of how Ron's doing. Uh, they don't release those that status uh, about from employees inside the college. But we do know Ron has tested positive for COVID-19. And the worry now is this. Outside of maybe the strength and conditioning coaches, no one is around the players more mm-hmm. than the training staff. And so when Ron Corson tests positive for COVID-19, the worry now becomes contact tracing. Obviously, first thought, and I kind of spoke about this last night, first thought is with Ron making sure he's okay. So obviously your thoughts and prayers are with him. Uh, but when it comes to the game on Saturday night, how many of those players could be impacted? Now, I will say this, and I am in no way, like, probably 180 degrees from being smart enough to be a doctor. But from what I understand is, if it was this week, more likely than not, we're not going to see anybody test positive prior to the game due to being with Ron Corson, but we could see his contact tracing. Now, the SEC rules state that if you are vaccinated, and asymptomatic, you do, you do not have to quarantine due to an exposure. You'd still have to quarantine if you tested positive, obviously, but just due to an exposure, if you have the vaccine, you do not have to quarantine. Now, I don't know how those rules work in a non-conference game. Hmm. I don't know if it's something they've mutually agreed upon already or if you just, like, each team goes with what the conference they're in dictates. Mm-hmm. But that could be pretty significant. Now, uh, Brooks Austin, our friend from Dogs Daily on SI.com, kind of did the math there. Uh, and basically, if you have that 10%, maybe less than 10% of the players, then of significant contributors, you could be looking at between 7 to 10 players, potentially. Mm. I mean, we don't know who's been vaccinated on the team. We just know yeah. it's over 90%. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that kind of gave me that sinking feeling in my gut last night when I saw that news. Of course, yeah, I mean, well, and why wouldn't it? Like you said, just the you, you get in all that, but just the the base information and thought of the fact that I mean, who's who's around the pl- players more than him? Yeah. Nobody. I, I mean, it always always right there with the players. So yeah, that that could have a huge impact. I mean, yeah, it could have a huge impact, but. You just want to make sure everybody's safe first. Well, I mean, Cam, so. I, here, here's what we don't. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to start a, like, not trying to freak anybody out. And I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to, like, fear monger in any way. But like, like, we don't know if Jamari Sawyer has been vaccinated. That's true, right? Like, you don't. We don't know. He may. He may have said it, but I, if he did, I missed the news. We don't know if JT Daniels has been vaccinated. And yeah, so if he, and so like I say, if it's, so if it's one of those players and they have a close contact and they're not vaccinated, you could be missing some players out there on Saturday night. Yeah, and that would suck. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, you're always worried about the health of the players, but you know, being a fan and watching the game, and we just want to. Well, I know they want to be out there too, but we all want to see every team fully healthy well, at full strength. You don't want to see. 3v5 and then you're like oh well one side was missing yeah. four or five significant contributors due to covid so do we really know who the better team was like obviously as a fan that's not what you're wanting to see but i was just i'm just from the perspective of georgia getting ready yeah. i think you got a lot of people holding their breath right now you don't want to see that on the field you don't right. want to see it impact anything on the field you also don't want to hear about it in december 
right? I, I mean, that that's the frustrating part, too, is the fact that, I mean, we went through it last year, right? And sadly, it's still lingering around this year. It, if it's if it's not Georgia Clemson, there's going to be games that are impacted by this. The number this. one draft pick missed two games last year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that, that's what I mean is, like, I mean, that was 2020. We thought we were going to be going to be past this year in 2021. It's a bummer that we're not, but but we are. And you don't – hopefully, if I could, I'd, I'd come into the show and, and into the season and say, you know what, yeah, we're going to be good, we're going to be clear, we're going to be able to skip all this, but we're not. And, I mean, that, that's the bummer of this whole thing. Like, there's going to have to be at least one, if not multiple, top teams uh, that play without some of their best guys, possibly, um, if, if this happens. And, you know, it, it's not – again, it's not that – it's not only a discussion for that day either. It's not only a discussion for that weekend, but also for the, those guys in the playoffs, those people in the playoff committee uh, that are ultimately making those choices, who gets in, who doesn't. I do then wonder if, say, for example, something does crazy does happen where – I shouldn't even say crazy because it's just the reality of 2021, but say something does happen to where Georgia's missing four starters right. against Clemson and you already have George Pickens out and you already have other multiple guys out with injuries, if Georgia's missing four starters and then they lose to Clemson, does that then become part of the conversation when you get towards the end of the season? If Georgia wins out in the regular season, does that become part of the conversation with the college football playoff? Uh, uh, or I mean, flip side of it, say Clemson, say something happens with them where they're mm-hmm, missing multiple mm-hmm. players and they lose. Uh, all of a sudden, does the narr- narrative go from, well, that's Clemson's one big game outside of maybe the ACC championship and they were missing a bunch of guys to COVID. I mean, we kind of saw it last year when they lost to Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. It that was, could be their way in. It was, yeah. yeah, they lost to Notre Dame, but it was close and they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I'll go as far as this. Um, say Georgia is missing, let's just say they're missing five players, five key players, and they lose to Clemson by a touchdown. And then they went out in the regular season, go to the SEC championship, and lose the Bama by a touchdown. That's where the conversation gets real they, heavy. They could get in as a two-loss team. If that, they could get in as a two-loss team. I, I think the argument. I think the argument you would hear from a lot of people, and this is kind of what you're hearing now from the commissioners of these conferences, is if you miss games due to COVID nineteen, if you don't have enough players, it's a forfeit. Now, last mm-hmm. year was a cancellation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Georgia had the Vanderbilt game postponed and then canceled, and it wasn't a loss for Vanderbilt. This year it would be a loss for Vanderbilt and a win for Georgia, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's one of those things now where it's the management of your players and their exposure and potential exposures to COVID-19 has just become part of the game. Like if, yeah. like if I don't think we can look at it any differently than, than uh, injury, right? If somebody goes down, then you have to have that quote unquote next man up mentality. Mm-hmm. And football is a game of injuries. It's becoming more of a business now in college. Like they, they're college kids, but now it's like, you can't go do some of the college stuff. Because you might contract COVID. But I don't know if that's just for football yeah. players. I think that's pretty much for anybody. Like anybody, if you, yeah. If you want to continue to go to school, you can't contract COVID, right? It's, yeah. You have, to be, you have to make personal decisions based on what you want to do. Yeah. Well, that's I true. Think- like if I, if, I, if I get COVID, I can't come up here and do my job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just college. I think that's just the reality of living in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the bummer about it for sure. But I think when you, when you talk about the playoffs and how that could impact it now – like you said, the conferences and, and certain decisions I mean, based just, on games. But do you just look at it like if, like again, say JT Daniels doesn't play. And this, again, in no way has there been any rumors, reports, indications at all that that's the case. Hypothetical. This yeah. is a complete, reckless hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Say JT Daniels doesn't play. Do you look at it any differently than JT Daniels rolled his ankle at practice the, week, the day before or two days before Clemson, Georgia? 
and and that's what now they'll come out I'm sure by the end of the season the playoff committee will come out and say how they view those things if I had to guess that that's how they will view it if I had to guess they will view it as injury uh, an injury type of situation and there, there probably have been multiple but I think a precedent has been set by this already. I know there's different committee members too. <clears throat> but I think there has been a precedent set from the first playoff that we had with Ohio State. And I believe they lost to Virginia Tech that year. And they hopped over TCU and Baylor. And they had a loss to Virginia Tech. And what everyone kept going back to when you brought up Ohio State was, well, they're playing great now. They have big wins. They lost to unranked Virginia Tech. But... They had key injuries on that night, especially along the offensive line, yep. which made them lose. And that set a precedent in the first playoff to look at injuries that way, and it's kind of been that way ever since. And, I mean, that's still a controversy today with, I think, two of the best teams in the college football playoff era to not get in with Baylor and TCU because of that precedent. So if I had to guess, that's how they'll look at it. Of course, again, that's a guess. We'll have to wait for the committee to come out and, and say how they're going to view that later in the season. That's interesting. Just something to watch uh, the news for. Again, it, it won't be a massive amount of players, but we just don't know who on the team is unvaccinated. Ron Corson has tested positive for COVID-19. Again, he's been with Georgia forever and probably the best in the business uh, when it comes to uh, athletic trainers. But he's tested positive for COVID-19. The rule in the SEC is if you are vaccinated – and asymptomatic and you don't test positive you do not have to quarantine due to an exposure georgia at last report was just over 90 percent according to head coach kirby smart so do with that math what you will we don't know who that less than 10 percent is <laughs> on this team and whether or not they were exposed to ron corson so uh just something to watch here uh, as we're getting close two days away from yeah. Georgia and Woo. Clemson. It's, uh, that's, like I said, it's one of those storylines where it just kind of gives you that sinking feeling in your stomach a little bit. Uh, we got more to come here on second down, though. We'll dive into the Braves as they get swept by the Dodgers, but I think a pretty terrible narrative. Uh, some bad takes coming out about that series. We'll dive into that next right here on second down. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. The Braves get swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers in three really close games. Last night you fall 3-2 to two on a really good uh, pitching matchup between Max Scherzer and Max Freed. Uh, and currently two games up in the NL East on the Philadelphia Phillies. If I told you that the Braves were going to play the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers and that they were going to go 2-4, and four, I think most people would be like, eh, not what we wanted, but not bad. Agree. Right? But yeah. you beat the Giants twice and got and swept. swept by the Dodgers, and all of a sudden it's time to fire Brian Snicker. What? Why do people do that in sports? Because people, you know, yeah, Tom Segura, I think, said it best. Some people suck. He's missing a lot of key players right now, and he's he's Damn. doing what you want. He's built a culture where – it's competitive regardless if you have if you're missing your first, second, or third best player. He's building a culture where it's always going to be competitive regardless who's on the field. So why are we complaining? You're leading the division. You're leading the division. You're playing yeah, well for not, the most part. You're we're not leading you're it playing, by enough. No, no, no. You're playing great since the All Star break. Since you made those acquisitions. <laughs> since your top 
top players went down. You lost to the best team in baseball. And this the best just, team in yeah. baseball, period. Like what, the what defending like champs yeah. who might probably go back-to-back back this year, they look good. I'll agree with you. I think the Giants were, like, really hot to start the year, and they've been really good. But, like, the acquisitions that they made, like, Kevin mentioned this. They have an MVP. Cody Bellinger sits on their bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They went and got Trey Turner. Right. He's one of the best shortstops in baseball. It's crazy. They went and got him at the trade deadline. Like, we we're got like, that money. And I'm not trying to, like, take any shots because I really like these guys. We're like, Jorge Soler and Jock Peterson, baby. <laughs> right. And then they're like, yeah, we got Trey Turner. You're like, oh, snap. All right. About that. Holy cow. It's like they spent a trillion dollars on their team. I, I hate hearing certain people complain about sports in general. You're, what, 70 and 61, right? Yeah. And you're, again, yeah, you're, regardless, regardless of that. You're in first place in your division. And you've been without your best player for mm-hmm. about half of the season. Yep. Yeah. And you've been competitive. Like, right. what more do you want? Any other team that's losing four or five core players, they're not in the position the Braves People are. People are super reactionary, and I, I, I hope Alex Anthopoulos isn't this way, and I don't think he is. I think he's actually – they have a really cool balance between him and Brian Snitker where Anthopoulos is very much the aggressive – new age GM mm-hmm. and he he's really good at his job I think the Braves in the future might have to fight off some other teams that are going to come try to get him but I think he has a good balance because he's again the new wave GM and then you have Brian Snitker who you like you pulled out of 1984 mm-hmm. you pulled out of like a, a single a baseball team in 1984 yeah like managing the Durham Bulls and like literally managing the Durham Bulls you like, just need that yeah I'm sorry. Like you, no, we, I, we, like you said before, we we just need that Brian Snitker stash back. I oh mean, my that's goodness. the main thing we need, and that would just complete everything. Yeah, Brian Snitker yeah. got the uh, the, like, the Harrison Ford chest hair. Yeah, he had the he had the stash. <laughs> like he, he had it going on, but it's just the players love him. I think for the most part, the city loves him, mm-hmm. and it's just I hear the narrative over and over again. It's not just from fans; it's from it's from media members. Like I can't believe Snitker did that. I, I can't believe Snitker made that move. He has to go to the bullpen at some point. Okay, so if it can't be Will Smith, he has to put somebody out there. Yeah, and he's working with what he has, and everyone likes to second guess. And it's like, well, this guy's hot right now. This guy's hot right now. This guy's hot. And then that guy gives up a run, and it's oh, what? What? You can't put that guy in right there. Well, thanks. Maybe you should have said that. Maybe you should have told Snicker well, that before he did it. Maybe you should sit the hell down and watch the game. Well, exactly. That, that's that's my that's my point. It's just like you, you wouldn't have known that before he put him in the first place, unless it's Will Smith. I mean, yeah. then then I mean, we've all known that for weeks. But uh, but even that, like, if you're Will Smith and you used to be one of the best closers in baseball and you've had a rough year, because last year Will Smith was pretty damn good, mm-hmm. but you've had a rough year. He just wasn't the closer because you had Mark Melanson, who was really good. But you have Will Smith, and he's he's going through struggles, but still, it's not leading to losses because for the most part Will Smith I actually not for the most part for a majority of the time and I, again I'll be the first one to say it gives me heart palpitations when Will Smith comes in right but for the most part Brian Snitker has, has said this Will Smith gets the job done like 90% of the time he has a better save ratio than a lot of the people a lot of players people consider to be these great closers right he has a better save ratio and so I would rather work for the guy that's not overreactionary to stuff and can sit back and say he gets the job done. Mm-hmm. It may not be the way you like it, but the job's getting done. Right. And I think Braves fans need to take a big step back. And I am a Braves fan, but you need to take a, a big step back. And number one, realize where you were two months ago, mm-hmm. and then take three giant steps back and realize where you were in 2016 yeah. and 2017. And then where you are now 
it's crazy to me. Again, you guys mentioned Ronald Acuna. Well, how about Mike Soroka popping an Achilles twice? Yeah. yeah. And he really was, your best and, pitcher. Well, he was supposed to be one of your horses mm-hmm. and maybe your most talented pitcher, and he's out. And Drew Smiley has a rough first couple of weeks of the season, but all of a sudden he does nothing but win, mm-hmm. right? And then you go out and Marcelo Zuna gets arrested, so you're down two MVP candidates. And you hold on until the trade deadline where you trust your general manager to make some moves for you, and he does. He gets the job done, yeah. So, I mean, to everyone out there, like, calling for Snicker's job and saying he's holding this team back, you're in first place in the NL East by two games, and you had a triple-A outfield and the worst catcher in baseball for a vast majority of the season. You, you, for a you long know what, Christian? Yeah. We, Atlanteans in particular, um, they do this a lot. You know, the Hawks go to the conference finals, you complain about them losing. Um, the Braves. Oh, there's, there's absolutely zero perspective. Yeah, the, the Braves go to the conference finals last year, put on a um, very impressive season this year while missing you were players. A game you're away. You're a, a couple runs away from going to the World but Series. But you're complaining yeah. because we, in, in essence, the Hawks, they've been kind of on the teetering. And then the um, the Braves have been bad the past couple of years before last year. The Hawks haven't year. been teetering. Cam, the Hawks have been atrocious, bad yeah. Yeah. until this year. Same with the Falcons. Like, like one of the worst teams, like Sacramento-esque. Yeah. That's true. I think, like, that's the thing. You brought up one win away from the World Series, right? You talk about taking steps back. I think a lot of people are taking steps back to that yep. and saying and thinking the Braves are the same team as that. And no, it couldn't be light years different. But you're still, like you said, leading your division. Stop calling for the man's head. It's nuts to me. But, again, Sean Quinn show coming up next. Uh, First time hearing from the head football coach as he gets ready for Valdosta State. That's up next.